Welcome back to Bootability, a weekly interview series about the amazing ability people have to change our lives and the world if we're brave enough to tap into it. I'm your host, Jihi Jolly. So we're excited to announce something special today called the 28-Day Bootability Journey, which we're kicking off on February 1st. It's a month-long challenge to chant Nam-myoho Renge-kyo every day for however long you'd like, and it's open to anyone, whether you're brand new to chanting or you just want a reason to refresh together with a community for the month of February. Here's how it works. Decide how many minutes a day you want to chant Nam-myoho Renge-kyo and sign up at bootability.org journey to receive a daily email from us for the entire month of February of tips, inspiration, and daily action that you can take to get the most out of your chanting. If you don't know how to chant, don't worry, we've got you covered with instructions, video, and audio, all of which you'll get access to when you sign up at bootability.org journey. Which brings us to today's episode. Before we start the journey together, we thought it would be fun to talk to someone who's pretty new to chanting herself and started only in the past year. So we called up 26-year-old Shannon Griffin, a young woman from Philly who started chanting last March, right at the beginning of the pandemic. At the time, she had been living abroad in China, and after facing some really tough circumstances, she ended up back home in the US, quarantining on her friend's couch with no plans and no direction. That's when she remembered that a fellow expat had introduced her to chanting a few years ago, and she decided it was time to try it out consistently. Here's her story. Uh, the first time I ever chanted, I think it was, oh, I can't even remember now. It was uh, like probably two years ago, I think almost. And that was sort of like a one-off, not big commitment thing. Um, a friend, she just, you know, reached out to me one day. Both of us were the only black woman in our community, um, even among the expats there. And I think she sort of wanted to take on, like just making sure I was okay um, and felt supported. So she was just like, hey, Shadow, do you want to come over on Wednesdays and chant um, with me for about 30 minutes? And in my mind, I was just like, oh, this is just a respite from the work week um, and a chance to get to know and hang out with Couture even more. So for me, that's all it was that it didn't seem like anything more. I didn't realize that there was a bigger purpose um, behind it. So I would do that here and there. And we built a friendship. But in that, the chanting was um, a foundation, a part of it. Okay, so that makes sense. So so basically, um, you didn't, you know, practice really any religion. Um, and then your friend invited you to chant on Wednesdays, and you started doing <laughs> it. Um, which is so interesting, because I do think a lot of people, like one kind of way to become interested in Buddhism is very often you're just friends with someone who's Buddhist and they're awesome and you're like okay sure why not but it's a very different thing to then like develop your own daily personal practice which is what I wanted to ask you about today because it seems like you then went on to do that so um, when did you decide to like challenge actually chanting every day by yourself and why? Um, So that was actually March of 2020 which I feel like <laughs> feels like an eternity ago, but also still feels really close. Um, when I think about it, she moved back to the U.S. and that was like the end of my experience um, with it. But then uh, I had just had a really rough 
start to 2020 and the end of 2019, I had lost one of my best friends in a really tragic way. Um, and I was dealing with that. And in the moment we were dealing with that right after we laid him to rest, um, the pandemic hit and I felt like I, I was uprooted from China and coming back to the US sort of like, oh, I don't know what to do. All my stuff is still in China in an apartment. My dog is stuck there. Like, oh my gosh. I was just feeling a lot of really, not, I laugh about it now because I was like, woe is me. And that's normally not me. Uh, mm. And so I was just like, you know, bouncing around, staying with family in Philadelphia. And then I found myself, my friend was doing, is doing her PhD um, at Yale, she's like, why don't you just come quarantine with me? So I just found myself like a gray, we called my, we called me a gray blob. Cause I wore like this gray sweatsuit, like attire, like every day I had variations of it, a spectrum of gray. Um, and I would just be on her couch. Like, what do I do? I, I feel lost. I feel like no direction. Like I'm constantly, I don't know what my baseline of happiness is. Um, mm. and in that moment, like after a few weeks of that, I don't know what over like came over me, but I just reached out to Couture and I was like, hey, you know that thing we used to do <laughs> on Wednesdays? I was like, I'm back in the U.S. and like we're in the same time zone now. So I would love it if we could start doing that um, again. And that day I texted her. I had woke up that morning and started chanting Um by myself in my friend's living room and the couture wrote back to me was like oh my gosh yeah I would love to start doing it again so at first it was sort of like her providing the scaffolding um, for me to make sure I was doing it continually mm-hmm. um and, and answering my questions and then it sort of I took ownership uh from there oh wow oh my goodness I that I love that description of a gray blob <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't know how to describe the feeling but I also felt like you know the fruit that like just floats in the jello mold? I don't know. <laughs> but that's what I felt. I just felt like suspended, but not able to move mm. anywhere. Um, I didn't know which steps or directions to go. And so I felt like that led to a lot of just pity, self-pity um, mm. and wallowing. Yeah. I mean, you and a lot of the world, I think, uh, like I'm sure your personal circumstances compounded that in a pretty unique way, but... I mean, that image, I think, of just being a blob is like everybody's <laughs> 2020. <laughs> yes. You know? um, so then, okay, so just recapping here. So you, you just woke up and you started chanting and you reached out to her. And like, what was sort of that? What were the initial sort of days or weeks? And where were you chanting? Was it weird for your friend that you were staying with? <laughs> um, thank goodness that me and this friend have like, zero boundaries like that was probably the most normal thing she had expected or seen me um <laughs> engage in uh, throughout our years of friendship so she's probably like okay if this is what makes you feel better um so Katora and I agreed to do like 7 p.m on Wednesdays the same time that we were doing when we were in China and we would get on FaceTime and so we were you know check in like spend the first five minutes talking what is what is it that you're chanting for today or what do you hope to um, achieve what's on your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we would debrief about that and then go into it. And I just seeing her setup was so inspiring. Um, she had, you know, like the beads and everything. It was clear she had made a space for it in her home. And like, here I am moving around in the space to make sure I'm not, you know, infringing on my friend's personal space or Zoom call she has to take. So I'm really grateful she was flexible about that at the time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, mostly I find myself in like the reading nook in the apartment chanting. Okay, got it. 
So that's once a week that you were sort of connecting with her and she was, yeah. you know, you guys could check in and everything. But the rest of the week you were chaining by yourself. What was that yeah. like? Um, I would get up at 7 a.m. So I set, I did do twice a day. So I do once in the morning, once in the evening. They're both at 7. Um, that way I remember I set a timer on my phone to remind me or, or a reminder, sorry, to let let me know you've got 10 minutes to you need to go do this. Mm. Um and for me, it was something that I actually found myself looking forward to. I'm not a morning person at all. But once I started chanting in the morning, like my body, like the natural clock, I know it sounds so cliche, of like everything fell into place once <laughs> I started chanting. But it really did. Like I was getting up, like found myself waking up at 630 where in the past that was a struggle and like making my coffee. And it felt like all of this felt very like a ritual. So I'm drinking my coffee, getting ready to chant and like brushing my teeth, getting ready to chant. Um, and it was just something that I looked forward to because I felt so much lighter after I would chant. Like it really felt physically like a weight had been lifted mm. um, off my shoulders. It was like sort of this thing where people were like, if I were you, I'd be freaking out about everything going on. And I was just sort of like, still, I feel like the pieces will fall into place. Um, mm. And so that's what kept me going is like, if I missed a day, I could tell a difference. I didn't guilt myself about it, but I could definitely feel the benefits of chanting, especially starting my day off on that. And then the evening, it just gave me so much time to process mm-hmm. um, what was going on. And I was still working, but remotely. And then I was doom scrolling. So to be able to chant after doom scrolling, I was like, okay, I know I just read <laughs> about all of these horrible things. Um, but now I, I feel at peace and I feel like I can go to bed uh, peacefully. Yeah, it's so funny that you say that because just this morning, um, I I chanted this morning, right? So I had the kind of morning that you're describing, which I completely agree. Um, it really it it just sets you up so differently for the day. And then after that, like I was making breakfast and I was listening to like a podcast of like a news podcast, and it was so stressful and like <laughs> anxiety provoking. But I was like, wow, if I hadn't chanted before this, I just wouldn't be able to consume this at all. And I probably would just be on social media, which is like way worse quality information. Like at least I can like, like listen to what's happening in the world, feel a little stressed out and then like let it roll off me because I chanted. But on the other days, oh my God, either I avoid the news or I'm like on Instagram and I don't know what's happening in the world. (laughs) (laughs) exactly yeah so it made me it made me feel a little bit more resilient to take on a day and even open up my work emails without being prone to anger like that is just also in itself just something that is fantastic I feel like the first things we do when we wake up now is always check our phone or our work emails and those things can be you know already put stressors on you before it's 9 a.m um but with chanting I'm like okay whatever you have to throw at me today life like I I feel prepared. Wow. Yeah, that's such an amazing way to put it. Um, Okay, so I think the, like, getting into the rhythm of doing it and enjoying how it feels is amazing in and of itself, you know, but a lot of people do set goals when they're chanting. And I'm curious, like, did did you set goals or intentions or, like, come to develop specific things that you were chanting about? Or how did you approach that? Yeah, so the thing for me, I'm just naturally a person who's like have zero expectations. <laughs> I don't know why I have that mindset. I've always had it since I was little. And I feel like with this, it did make me uh, feel a lot more comfortable 
delving into something new um, that I hadn't done before and committing to it. So I didn't set specific goals of like, I'm going to do 30 minutes each time I chant or anything. Like I went for however long that I felt focused um, and concentrated and whatever that may be. It could be five minutes to someone that could be an hour and a half to someone else. Um, the only thing I reminded myself of was there's no wrong way. There's no wrong step. As long as you do it or at least try, mm -hmm. then you are on a good path. So that's what I told myself. Um, about chanting, but I did find at the beginning, you know, a lot of my chanting revolved around grief, um, mm. you know, grieving for my friend who I felt like I didn't get to properly grieve for at the time, given all the circumstances that were happening. Mm -hmm. And I was processing a lot of emotions that I didn't get to process in the fall. Um, and then, you know, the pandemic hit my family quite hard. So there were like some deaths and funerals that we couldn't attend. So just chanting about peace for that. Um, and so it was things like that that I was chanting about at first, and it was really helpful. But now I find myself not so focused on myself when I chant. And mm -hmm. I don't know specifically when that moment changed, but I know it's made me a lot happier. I chant a lot for others. I chant, or if I'm chanting for myself, it's a breakthrough to do something in service of others, to figure out a way to contribute or give. And I feel like that's what's made it um, something that I just stick with. Like when you naturally feel like something is nourishing, you continue to do it. Mm -hmm. um, and so I felt myself just building up and I don't put on a timer, but then I'll oh. look at the clock when I end and I'm like, okay, wow, that was a long, longer than I expected, but that's what I needed at the time. So for people who are starting out, I would just say, don't be so hard on yourself, give yourself grace um, and, you know, go for however long that you feel you need. If at the first initial times it is only 10 minutes, that's fine. There's no mm -hmm. uh, true or wrong way, I would say, or right way. I feel like it's for every person to address their specific needs. Yeah, totally agree. That's so uh, incredible, though. It, it, I'm so kind of in encouraged to hear this. You know, you started focusing on others sort of naturally. Can I ask a little more specifically? Like, how do you mean? Like, were they, were there things that you you were doing differently, or or how did the chanting sort of impact like your actual daily life? Yes. Um, so during, you know, I was quarantining with my amazing friend um, and she's always so who's like, let's go do something like let's go for a walk. I know we're stuck indoors, but let's get outside. And I was someone who's like, I don't want to move. I just want to <laughs> stay inside and stay in here. But then we got this opportunity um, for a makerspace in New Haven. They were doing things like they were trying to build a prototype of a cheaper um ventilator. Mm. Um, so these are people just that they were sort of resourcing from the community who were engineers or grad students and stuff. And they needed masks and face shields. The fire department was asking for face shields. So she was like, I'm going to go do this. And I hope you know, I signed you up. So I started getting like text messages from the people being like, these shifts are open if you want to come in, like we're social distancing. So you go at your specified time. And so I started going in and doing like making the face mask and almost losing my finger trying to use machinery I'd never used before to make face shields. And in that moment, I was like, okay, I don't feel like so much. I, it felt good to be doing something, to knowing I was contributing in some way. And it was in that moment that I was like, okay, when I'm doing things for others and my actions, I feel good. So what about, why not translate that over to chanting? You know, when friends would tell me that what they were hoping for or if they lost their job or, you know, something that they needed. I was really chanting about that um, 
and like what I could do. And it felt, you know, at first it felt like, well, I don't know there's much I can do. Can I find them a job or anything? But then we would have Zoom work sessions where like they'd be working on their job applications while I'm doing something for work and just holding each other accountable. Um, and I thought that was something so meaningless and small at first, but then we would talk and they'd be like, I've been working on this application for a whole week and I couldn't find the energy to do it. And then when we got on a Zoom call together, started working, I was able to complete it and submit it. I was just like, okay. So it really made me realize that we need each other a lot and that we are all interconnected. Um, mm -hmm. And I would say I felt happier and less sad, less depressed when I focused on others, because when I was thinking about myself, it was sort of like all these things I can't do, I can't achieve, I can't have, but it was just so, you know, when I started doing that, then that's what made me go into the practice deeper, um, not just chanting, but wanting to meaningfully engage and like understand what the core mm. tenets and beliefs were. I'm like asking Katora, I'm like, I'm chanting for other people. Like, is this a thing? And she's like, <laughs> oh yeah, like, of course it is, Shannon. Like, you know, there's this belief that we're all interconnected and the whole goal is to help others achieve happiness and end their suffering. And I was like, oh, wow, here I was thinking I was onto something new and this has already been written and covered, you know, like this is a thing. Uh, and so it was really helpful in that sense to allow me to really um, expand and deepen my relationship uh, with Buddhism and the SGI community. That was when I was able to connect with the others. Like she put me in touch with a lot of people in the districts and I was attending Zoom meetings and stuff. So now I'm really looking forward to when I can actually meet everyone in person um, and go and chant together. This is such an inspiring story. Like it seems so simple, but Buddhism is really about practice for self and others at the same time, especially nature and Buddhism. So yeah, it's so cool that that just sort of happened naturally. <laughs> Like, you don't, you don't even have to, like, force yourself to care about people. You just start doing it, you know? Um, exactly. Yeah. I, I was going to ask um, if there is, I mean, you sort of started to touch on this already, but I was going to ask if, um, you know, as you started um, connecting to more people and chanting for a while, like, any specific concepts or teachings or anything, like, from Buddhist philosophy really stood out to you? Um, yeah, I don't know why I feel like this is going to come up. Well, I know why, but I feel like it's going to come across weird. Uh, but one thing that's really stood out to me um, has been, I think it's called the importance of the moment of death. Hmm. Um, because I, you know, I, like I said, that was the reason I started was like the loss of loved ones um, chanting. And I felt like I hadn't really processed that. So, you know, I was reaching out as I was meeting new people, um, in the SGI community and they were like asking me, you know, what led you to this? Like, how are you doing? And I was telling them the story of losing my friends so tragically um, that they were like, oh, like, you know, you don't have to be sad. You're an extension of them. Uh, mm. You know, we're all interconnected. What you do is almost like, you're, you know, what they're, the energy that they're still putting out into the universe. And I had never thought of life and death like that. And you know, they were giving me all these readings. So it was about, you know, how death makes us cherish life, how you can look at life and death like a wave mm -hmm. um, and things of that nature. And in that moment, I was like, I was grieving, but it was sort of like a closure in a sense. But also I was not afraid of death because I feel like in this moment and in 2020, for a lot of us, we're realizing that we're not invincible, um, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and that life can be so fleeting. And in my mid twenties, I was like, oh, you know, everyone tells you this is the time to like live, to be, you know, find yourself. And in that moment I was like, I don't feel like 
I'm doing this. I don't feel like I'm living in the moment right now. Um, I don't feel very present. And then I was, so I was reading these things. I was like, wow, it was really speaking to me um, and making me feel like my feelings were valid, but also that this, it wasn't the end of my my friend. It wasn't the end of my family members. Um, and mm-hmm. so I felt like I didn't have to feel guilty about still being here um, when others weren't, and that I could still live a life of service. Um, and through them, and through that, give them an extension of their lives as well. Wow, that is so profound and moving. Thank you for sharing that. I, yeah, that's also like such great advice that people shared. I, I feel like I yeah. haven't, it just like made it click for me, especially in terms of 2022. Because um, that's like the unspoken thing underneath a lot of everyone's fear, right? Like, how long are we here for? And is it going to happen sure. to me or someone I know? And yeah, it doesn't have to be heavy, though. Like, if you want to no. like really cherish life, it yeah, it comes down to just pulling it out of yourself. Yeah, and I'm really grateful. Like, I've just been really touched by the guidance, you know. And like, when I'm like, thank you so much for like taking the time to talk to me and give me this advice. Everyone's like, what? This is just a conversation. Like, you know, like they're like, don't put labels on it. It's completely fine. And I'm like, oh, thank you for putting me in your back pocket and guiding me. Like, I'm just like overwhelmed. Um, and I've been so lucky and fortunate that even though everything is virtually, to be able to connect with so many wonderful people in the community who are compassionate and patient and just genuinely want to see others do well. Uh, it's been inspiring for me as well. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally hear you. So if I may ask, you know, um, the whole platform and the podcast is called Buddhability, which is we view as just like another word for enlightenment or Buddha nature, whatever you want to call it of just, you know, your like inner power or um, uh, capacity or potential. And I'm curious, like from thinking of yourself from before you started chanting to now, um, how would you define your own Buddhability? Does that make sense? Oh, that's a good question. I'm not I think you have to come back to me in like five years. <laughs> I've been chanting for five years to see if I have a solid, I feel like I'm still learning about what that can be with, you know, every day. But I think what I'm learning is to just try my best. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that's what it is of like not being afraid of my full potential. And I don't mean that in like the professional or career sense or whatever that is, but my full potential to be loved, to love, um, mm. to give the best of myself for others. I feel like especially in this time, it's so important to just be there for one another. And, you know, sometimes it will take me a week to answer a text message. Um, but I've been so much better about phone calls. And I do think that's to chanting and feeling connected to others. So, mm. you know, I used to be that person that if anyone called or FaceTimed me, I would just watch it ring because I was like, I do not want to talk. But now, like on the first ring, I'm there. I'm present. My friends want to cry together. We cry together. And just being present, present for yourself, uh, uh, being present for myself of recognizing what I need and addressing that, but also for others. And I think the biggest thing is being present for others is what I'm realizing of like, that makes me feel f- fulfilled and that makes me happy. And in a sense, it it's care for myself as well. Because I would say I had sort of an identity crisis crisis in terms of my friend group mm. during the pandemic because I like to that I think about it, it's ridiculous but I really do think I was the flake like that was my role in the friend <laughs> group of like maybe I'll come and then like the day I'll be like ah yeah this I just don't feel like going but now I'm always there this is what I was capable 
of all along, but I never tapped into um, my potential, never dedicated myself. It's simple, but it's so profound. So like nowadays, um, what are you chanting about? And do you have any new goals or dreams? Yeah, I'm just curious, like after so many months where you are with it. Um, I'm chanting about uh, this seems quite lofty, but I'm chanting about forgiveness. Um, You know, just hoping we're all able to find that somehow, whatever it may be. I feel like, you know, in this current political climate, like I'm not going to force anyone to join in for unity at the moment. Like I understand people are upset and that they're angry, but I'm really hoping, you know, um, that we are able to mend um, uh, and, you know, forgive some wrongdoings. I, I don't know where that begins. I don't know. I'm just chanting for that breakthrough. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know what are the channels for that, but I'm just hoping um, for clarity uh, on that a bit. So that's what I've been finding myself Mm. chanting about quite a bit recently. Um, And the other thing is there's, I am hoping to get back into figuring out what's meaningful um, to me in particular. so there's a lot of things, like a lot of hobbies and things that just left in 2020. And I'm like, I don't know where they went. I see remnants of them around my apartment. Like I've got a full bookshelf. I've got, you know, three pairs of running shoes I've never worn that I bought at the you know, the end of 2019. Like this is going to be the year where I'm going to have breakthroughs in my PRs and stuff. Thinking <laughs> that that's what 2020 was holding for me. But there was a completely different plan. So, you know, I'm chanting for that and for myself. I've had a lot of friends express the same thing of like we're we've forgotten some of the things that we feel we loved and cherished and that were integral mm. to our identities to some extent. So hoping that we all can find those comforts again whatever they are and if we don't go back to the old ones finding new ones um yeah as we await for the world to go back to whatever normal is or a better version of that uh so those are the two things that recently i've found myself um chanting about yeah yeah wow yeah i i love how like everything you shared really just like it's the whole spectrum of things one can chant about (laughs) you know personal professional community it's so true you can chant you know really about anything um so I appreciate you you sharing that. And I also can totally relate to the, I think like October or November was the first time I was like, I think I'm ready to set some goals. And I'm normally like a pretty goal-oriented person. So for me to go through a whole year, like, yeah. just sort of, how do I take care of myself? How do I take care of my loved ones? Like, just like keep a rhythm to my day and generate hope. So yeah, I think it's I think it's courageous to say that you're hopeful. And I think that um, chanting is also a way to generate hope. That's like one of the the teachings uh, from Ikeda that I really like. So right on. <laughs> um, so I guess my last question, um, and this is a little bit more practical, just thinking of who might be listening, um, is if, you know, anybody is thinking about doing the bootability challenge, which again is chanting for 28 days, or if you're discovering this on, I don't know, day 10 or 14, just chanting for however many <laughs> days are left. Um but, you know, might be nervous or unsure about it or, you know, anything like that. What sort of advice or, or tips, like, would you offer based on you kind of jumping in yourself? Oh, well, I feel like you just took the words right out of my mouth. I would say jump in. Like, don't worry about it being perfect. And I would say 
the like I said, it's just personal to everyone. You don't have to be perfect. Your pronunciation doesn't have to be perfect. You don't even have to in the moment feel like you fully understand what Buddhism is about in that moment. Like if you don't know all the core beliefs and tenets or whatever we describe, you want to describe them as of of just trying because I think that's the the beauty and magic in it is that it's so welcoming and come as you are. So I would say there's nothing there's nothing wrong except not trying. It's the only <laughs> thing that's wrong, right? When it comes to chanting, that's the only thing wrong is like just not doing, not putting, you know, not taking that first step. That's, I would say that's doing sort of in a sense a disservice to yourself. You deserve this. You deserve the comfort and the happiness and just even the mindfulness or clarity it may bring. And even if you chant for once and you feel like, I don't feel any of these things you just sold me. And keep going, right? It's not, everything's not going to be perfect on the first time. You know, I was lucky that the first time I felt like a weight was lifted off my shoulder. But there are some days when I do finish chanting and I'm like, I feel like I'm still at square one. Mm. But the difference is, is that I'm like, okay, I know this takes time. I know this takes practice. Um, And I know nothing's going to change necessarily overnight. But when I'm chanting, I do, after I finish, I feel a little bit more resilient because I'm like, I gave myself that time to process Mm. everything that I was feeling or that was going on around me. So at least if you have that time, um, I do think of it as a form of self-care. So yeah, yeah, just jump in, do what works for you, find a space that works for you, you know, have a friend join you if you want to hold each other, you know, accountable or just make sure you're trying or so you don't feel uh, alone, but yeah, I just say there's nothing, whatever you decide to do, you can't go wrong, except not doing it. (laughs) So if you're intrigued and want to take Shannon's advice, join us by signing up at bootability.org slash journey. Once again, all you have to do is decide how many minutes a day you want to try chanting Nam Myoho Renge Kyo, and you'll receive a daily email from us of tips, inspiration, and daily action you can take to get the most out of your chanting. This runs for the entire month of February, so if you're listening to this and it's already the middle of February, don't worry, just jump in any day and decide how much you want to chant for the rest of the month. That's all for today, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.